welcome to a brand new episode of The Power Half Hour on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and back uh, at home, although we miss him, it was sure fun recording last episode in person, but uh, recording back from uh, uh, sunny L.A., he is the co-host on the West Coast, Chad Smart. Hi, Chad. Hello, Greg. Did I get out of there in time before the snow hit? I haven't had any snow. Oh, okay. Had some, okay had, that's good. Then that means a yes. That's, had what that felt yes. like it felt like it rained for four days straight. Mm. Like thirty six more days okay. in a row, and I would start referring to myself as Noah. I gotcha. But no, it was it was. Uh, but hey, we had we had very. Pleasant weekend for Halloween. Uh, temperatures highs in the 50s with sunshine. Uh, full moon that was visible on Halloween night. So, all in all, you know, it was it was a, it was a good weekend. All right. How much candy did you uh, take from your kid? I didn't. Uh, we, I had purchased three bags. Mike, uh, co-host of the year, Mike Luther and I were talking about this on most recent Nerd United. I had purchased three bags of trick-or-treat candy that probably totaled somewhere between four and 450 pieces. Or, you know, little bags or whatever. And it was, you know, from Sour Patch Kids to M&M's, Snickers, you know, all the fun size stuff and Sour, uh, I mentioned Sour Patch Kids and Kit Kats and uh, Reese's pumpkins, and I had to make that clear because Kevin thought uh, our friend and uh, host of my one two three cents the podcast Kevin Huntsberger thought that I was uh, providing crap candy, and that's why I didn't have any trick or treaters. <laughs> but we took all the uh, all the candy that we had accumulated, and my wife put together sixty trick or treat bags, and I would be surprised if there was less than forty remaining because we just did not i sat out there for 45 minutes before i saw a trick-or-treater and so for some reason we didn't have uh many trick-or-treaters my son however my wife took him trick-or-treating to a different part of the neighborhood and he came back with a bucket full of candy so i said well he's got his and i've got all this other candy and and we're good didn't have to tax my son no that that is good yeah i I did not have any trick-or-treaters, as per usual, living in an apartment complex. You don't get many people past the front gate. Hmm. And I did not go out. I've been so lazy today. We were recording this, you know, the day after Halloween that I have been so lazy. I didn't even go to the store to get the discounted Halloween candy that was now on sale. So, And we were – obviously, you know, this is – as you mentioned, we're recording this on Sunday. We always do our grocery shopping on Sundays anyway. Uh, so we were at the store this morning and I saw there was still a very good amount of candy that was like left over for sale. We didn't pick it up. As we mentioned, we already have a good amount of candy and my waistline's already expanding. So it's not like I need more. Um, but I was surprised at how much candy there still was in the store all this, you know, after, after Halloween. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think a lot of people just didn't expect to go trick-or-treating this year or expect trick-or-treaters to show up. So the candy stayed on the shelf. Again, as we've seen with the return of sports and the ratings for sports being down, people aren't watching as much. 
maybe this will be a, uh, a new thing where people don't eat junk food as much or junk candy. People are, are working out, or at least that's what everybody on Instagram tells me and I'm supposed to be doing during quarantine. Meanwhile, I just sit on my couch and watch movies, which one of the movies that I watched today is the John Singleton 1995 film, Higher Learning. Are you familiar with this film? I am not. It's, I, I, I think it was his third film. I, I don't think it came right after Boys in the Hood, but it, it deals with a freshman class at a uh, California university. And it's kind of it's kind of like the serious version of PCU, which I, I hope you have seen PCU. It sounds familiar. Yeah. It's got David Spade, John Favreau, George Clinton, and the P- parliamentary P-Funk all-stars. Yeah, lost me. I don't even know who David, right. I don't even know who David Spade is anymore. He's got his own – well, he had a show on Comedy Central uh, until the COVID hit. But anyway, uh, higher learning it deals with all these freshmen and you know trying to learn who they are as people. And what really caught me is – because I, I had seen bits and pieces of it when it came out in 1995. I hadn't really seen it since, but it's all about – there's a lot of racial strife in there. Um, Omar Epps. I believe it's Omar Epps is like the star athlete who expects to kind of get a free pass. And his teacher, Lawrence Fishburne is like, no, if you're in my class, you're going to, you know, prove yourself. Um, Michael Rappaport Mm. is a very, uh, very good actor and also a big sports fan and has a book about sports out there. If you're into that type of thing, uh, he plays like this weird loner guy who, uh, kind of falls in with the KKK crowd in um, in the school, uh, which the leader of that is played by Cole Hauser, who was in uh, Good Will Hunting and Dazing Infused. And it's, I think this is the movie that I've seen him speak the most. And every School film Ties. Seen him. And School Ties, yes. Yeah. Which is another great movie that deals with, with racism. But yeah, it just got me thinking about, uh, one, how this movie is very relevant even to today and, and what we're seeing um, along those lines. But also it just got me thinking about my freshman year of college. And I suggested to you, let's talk about our freshman years and hopefully you have better stories than I do. I have stories. They get me in trouble, but the statute of limitations has passed. So I think I'm okay. Well, at least you have stories. Cause I, I am going to talk about how much of a, uh, introvert I am and how I, I I enjoyed my freshman year of college, but I probably did not really experience college the way that I, I wish I could go back and experience it. So I was, I was the introvert. I, I always joke in any kind of, even to this day, I joke that in high school, like we moved from, you know, just about the area that I'm in now to where my mom and dad still live to a small town when I was midway through seventh grade and at the junior high, I mean, it was the, and some people may not have, have, you know, be able to imagine this, but the, the communities were so small. They had three different towns feeding into, and and you'll appreciate this because you're also Mm -hmm. from a small town. Um, but they had three towns that all fed into the, 
the same high school, and it was the, the building was literally shaped like a U, and the the joining piece was the cafeteria and the gymnasium, and down one hallway was the high school, and down the other hallway was the junior high, and so we moved there in seventh grade, and I've always joked like, well, we moved there midway through seventh grade where all the kids from the towns had already started and formed their cliques. Cliques were very hot in 1996, <laughs> as we all know. And um, and then I came in, you know, midway through after everybody already, you know, teamed up or whatever, formed their posses. Uh, and I wasn't particularly smart, wasn't particularly good at sports, had the same face that I have now, except with less facial hair and less gray hair. And... I had a funny last name that nobody took the time to want to pronounce. So I was pretty well, and I'm not like looking for pity, but I was pretty well bullied from, you know, the, the moment that I stepped foot in that school till the moment that I graduated. So when I got to college, and even though I didn't go away to college, I, you know, I took an opportunity that was basically dropped in my lap. And that was, hey, this community college, they take two students from every you know, school in in the district, and they give them full ride scholarship. It was the uh, academic leadership scholarship, and basically all I had to do was pay for my books. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the economic choice. I'm going to go out to uh, Centralia, Illinois, go to uh, the junior college out there. Still living at home, still working at the grocery store. My life didn't change except my commute did. Uh, so I got on, but but the the trick was, I started school on crutches. I had two reconstructive foot surgeries, uh, the first one less than a week after I graduated high school, and the second one was the end of July or first week of August, something like that. So, like, I'm going around, and I'm known as, like, the guy on crutches, or, you know, one person called me Gimpy, and that's, you know, that's how I started. So I, it, But I used college as a way to, for lack of a better term, like, find my voice, because I, I didn't you know, I, I used it to, to like find my personality, uh, because I, I didn't feel like I had much of one in, uh, in high school. So that's, that's, that's what I tried to accomplish out at, out at community college. So if you would have been in a high school with Freddie Prince Jr. and Paul Walker, Paul Walker probably would have made Freddie a bet that he could take any person and turn them into homecoming queen and he pointed at you and be like, "Oh no, not him! He's on crutches. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> can't make him a homecoming queen, king, king." Um, I will tie into your crutch story in a minute, but uh, just to give you some background. I, um, yeah, I'm from a small town as well, and at the time, it was my my high school was just my town. Now, two years after I graduated, it did consolidate with the neighboring town. But yes, my, my, the school that I went through kindergarten through high school was all one building, um, at three different sections like yours were, uh, grade school, middle school, and then high school. And I had 20 kids in my graduating class, which seems to freak everybody out whenever I tell them when, that I meet in LA. I've heard, um, I've heard smaller. I've heard more of smaller people than that in classes. the drive through at McDonald's. What? I said, I've, I've heard of smaller graduating classes. In fact, it was in, uh, my English uh, class first semester of college where I'm, I'm, you know, just talking to some of the other guys and this was 2000. So, you know, computers in the classroom were kind of a big thing. And, and uh, they said, Oh yeah, we're, 
you know, how, how many kids were, I, I thought I came from a small school and how many, you know, like, how many kids were in your graduate class? Like 16. It's like, what? It seemed preposterous yeah. to me. No, my, the school that has since merged with, um, with my, the school that I went to, uh, my, the girl that I dated in my senior year and then through college, she went to the neighboring town and her graduating class was nine. So, uh, really hard to be valedictorian in that class. There's a lot of competition. <laughs> anyway, no, I notice, I ended but up, notice uh, listeners were being purposefully vague on, on yes. our hometowns. <laughs> um, yeah, I almost posted a home a picture of my hometown on Instagram while I was back home, but uh, I did not because uh, I just figured uh, yeah, it actually wasn't a good photo. I should have framed it up better. But anyway, I. You know, in high school, I knew what I wanted to do, but I knew that I was in no way ready to move to L.A. right out of high school. And I also knew that I didn't want to necessarily get a job right after high school. So unlike you, who did the economic thing, I said, I'm going to college, and <laughs> racking up debt. And I knew that I wanted to get out. And there's a whole backstory that's too not that interesting and too long to go into in this episode, but. I ended up going to the University of Arizona for my freshman year. And I remember we drove, you know, my parents and I drove down and, and my girlfriend at the time came with us. And, and I have family that lives in Tucson, so we we're staying with them. And the first night we get in town, one, it's 108 degrees when we show up. Ooh. And then two, my, that night my uncle's like, okay, I'll take you down and show you the campus, show you where you're going to go for orientation the next day. And I remember as we're driving there, I can see the football stadium. The lights are on because they were doing night practice. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty nice stadium. Who plays there? You know, because there's no professional team in Tucson. Uh, then I realized that's the college football stadium. <laughs> over the, uh, which over the I, Wildcats. I ended up, yes, the Arizona Wildcats. I ended up living in the dorms they, that are built underneath the football stadium. Oh, gosh. Uh, which were actually some of the better dorms from what I saw on campus. But the next day we were at orientation and the first kid that I meet, and I say kid, and he was actually probably like five or six years older than me, who was a, you know, an older student coming in, had taken some time off, but he was on crutches and I kind of helped him at like the breakfast, get his stuff. And, and then he ended up being in my English class later. So we became friends for a semester. I've not talked to him since then. Uh, he probably died of a heroin overdose oh, or golly. pushed off a cliff. I don't know. Who knows? That's the, you, uh, you took it really dark there, Chad. <laughs> yes, I, I did. That, that's my skill. That's my skill set. But, you know, it was just interesting for me because going to this larger school coming from, you know, you said uh, you got to reinvent yourself. I you know, really hadn't had that inner awakening in myself yet to reinvent myself. So I was uh, just this shy, you know, small town kid who um, didn't really talk to anybody. And I remember one time I locked my keys in my dorm room and I went down to the front desk to, to get the spare set to get in. And the guy working was the guy that lived like three or four doors down from me. And he said, you know what, I'm going to give you these keys, but on one condition, next time you see me in the hallway, Say hello. There you go. And I was just like, just give me the keys. No, I, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. You know, you you went to the junior college, so you're still living at home. So I'm guessing you didn't have a lot of 
party, you know, what was your college partying like? Did you do? Okay. Uh, so I got involved. One of the things because of the uh, nature of the scholarship, I had to be active in, in a positive role on campus. So I was in a group that was called the, uh, the core values team, which, you know, it seems like it's, you know, sounds about as, as common sense as it sounds, but, uh, it was all about like, we actually went around to different like high schools and other colleges and things like that. And, and, uh, talked about like the, um, like the, the interior, like the, um, inside dilemmas of, you know, like what it, you know, we all know about like good versus bad decisions, but what about like you have good versus good. Anyway, uh, it was, it was fine. Uh, but I was also on student Congress, uh, both years and a few weeks into school, uh, somebody came to me and said, Hey, um, the, the men's basketball team needs a manager. Would you like the job? I don't know. Do I want the job? I, uh, what kind of job? But it was an actual paying job. And so I got the job and it paid just as much as the grocery store. And, you know, for, you know, half the work, because most of the time I'm riding the bus with the team to the games. And like, think about, I, you know, I, I got to hang out with the basketball players who, you know, were the cool kids and, you know, cool guys on campus. And, you know, they were, yeah, that helped broaden my horizons because you had guys from, you know, like Louisville, Kentucky, uh, from New York, Canada, Ireland, um, eventually like Nigeria, Chicago, you had guys from all over. So it wasn't just like that, you know, small town kind of mentality. So that, that really helped, you know, broaden my horizons a little bit. Um, but in doing so, I got to hang out with them and I got to kind of go where they wanted to go. And uh, a lot of times, I'd, you know, have this pre-planned where I'd be like telling mom and dad, be like, you know, we got this game all the way in Indiana. It's going to be so late by the time I get back. Um, and I've got, you know, eight o'clock class or whatever in the morning. I'm just going to crash here at the basketball house. Well, fast forward to when we actually get back and everybody gets cleaned up and then we're going out and partying. So I did, I did participate in, uh, in some extracurricular activities uh, of of that variety, a few. Um, actually, I, I screwed up my rear bumper on my car once because uh, we were out in, partying in the woods at what was called the baseball house, and it's called the baseball house because a lot of baseball players played there or I lived there. But it was dark and it was in the woods, and I was backing up and I hit something. And I said, what, what happened? What, did I hit something? Everybody's like, no, you're fine. Okay. And sure, next morning, I come to find out I put like a pretty sizable notch in my rear bumper. So I have more stories like that. But <laughs> we're not here to talk about, uh, you know, Greg being Greg, you know, at, at such an early age. Um, but no, I did. Uh, it, it, was, it was on a college campus, Chad. Not freshman year. I don't know if we can talk about it. Uh, where I did, for the very first time in my life, try illegal drugs. Were they medicinal? Um, they 
could be categorized as such. Let me put it this way. It, I quickly found that it wasn't for me. Um, how do I put this? We, we played the old puff, puff, pass game. And after two puffs and a pass, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I don't know what you guys see in this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, I guess this could have gone a different direction. Um, I, my freshman year at Arizona, I did not, again, didn't really make a whole lot of friends other than my roommates and, and a couple of their friends. We didn't And, you know, I, I don't know where the partying scene was in Tucson. I'm sure there was one, but uh, it wasn't where I was, apparently. <laughs> so I never got to that. My The biggest thing, the thing I liked about Arizona, though, was we had an on-campus theater that would oftentimes do um, sneak sneak previews of upcoming films. Nice. So they, they would do like the focus groups, the focus testings. And so I got to see, you know, probably like five or six movies prior to them coming out in theaters. Uh, the one I remember most is Unforgiven. They, they showed Unforgiven. And then afterwards was a screening of Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. I never realized how many Asians love Clint Eastwood. <laughs> There's my one racist remark for the, for the show. Uh, but then my, my, after, I only spent one year in Arizona. Then um, I transferred to Southern Illinois University at Carbondale, where I did, because I had friends from high school that were there, um, did end up uh, going to a lot of fraternity parties because friends had pledged and were in. And, uh, you know, I, I can say I have never done any type of illegal substance, but – uh, but I have been around it quite a bit. You're not to college. You're not missing anything, and I think that's the. I don't know. Maybe this is that. That's my oversimplification of it. But I just. I I never got the appeal. Um, I I've got a fun story that I got to tell you because I think especially now that I'm almost 20 years older, uh, it's still something that I do. But I do it out of habit now, not out of trying to impress anybody. But. Uh, early on when they were taking, you know, interest in, in student Congress and, and the way it was set up is, you know, like if you're a freshman, you're just kind of on student Congress. And then they take that pool of kids, you know, at, as sophomores to be, you know, like the president, the vice president, you know, things like that, the officers. So to be on student Congress, you had to go get like so many signatures. There was some type of election, which is hilarious because I think it was like six people interested and they only had room for six people. So if you, (laughs) but you had to get some signatures. And I remember being in in the student center and, you know, I'm sitting there with uh, a group of people that I was hanging out with and I'm still on crutches at the time. And I've got to, I said, I'm going to go talk to, I think it was a, a table full of, volleyball players or something. I mean, just, you know, the, the attractive mega attractive ladies at school, whatever. And so I go over there, I've got my crutches, I've got a pen and, or pen, yeah, pen and paper and things like that. I'm making my way. And, uh, and I say, hi, I'm, you know, Greg Mahochko. I'm running for student Congress with your help with this, uh, however, sign, sign up. Okay. Whatever. And then I get back to my table, and all my friends are laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? And they said, you should have seen yourself. What'd I do? I said, as soon as you got over that table, you 
sucked in your gut real big. <laughs> so I still catch myself doing that from time to time. But again, now it's just out of habit, not out of, again, trying to impress anybody. Because I'm married. I don't <laughs> Exactly. You you get you know, you've got the wife. She's obviously doesn't care. Or maybe she does. And you, I don't know what your life insurance policy is. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I told her, I, and uh, this happened in the past week after we recorded, so I didn't tell you, but uh, she and my son had made some cupcakes. And so about a week ago, I'm sitting there and I have a bowl of, of uh, ice cream and two cupcakes in it. And so I'm eating and, and combining. And I told her about that. I said, honey, I made a mistake last night. She's like, what'd you do? I said, I had ice cream. I put two cupcakes in it to eat with my ice cream. She kind of like backhands my gut. And she's like, it's really working out for you there, isn't it? I said, ouch. Yeah, you should have done the same to her. <laughs> well, no, she's, she's holding twins. so Exactly. See, she's like, you know, you're, you've gained weight too, honey. So. Surprisingly. This might be one of the reasons I'm not married. And, and you know, I don't think I'm, you know, spilling the tea here, but uh, for holding twins and being 18 weeks along, I think, 17 and a half, 18, uh, she's only gained like six or seven pounds. Mm. Those two kids and her are just taking up a lot of room. That's all it is. Mm. Do you know it's okay to kick pregnant women? From the inside. From the inside, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, back to college. Yeah, so I I worked with the basketball team. In fact, I went uh, everything I did freshman year. I went back and did sophomore year with the anticipation of, or with the hope of doing it better. So I worked at the uh, men's basketball team again uh, sophomore year. My shtick was, and, and it wasn't. It's also freshman year, honestly, when I found out that I wanted to be in radio because when I was in high school, I always wanted to do like the starting lineups for basketball games. You know, uh, especially from where the athletic director did, it was kind of like hidden so nobody could see. But at college, I asked the athletic director one day, I said, I said, coach, can I, can I read the starting lineups tonight? He's like, all right, I I don't care. So I did that and I really got the buzz to be behind uh, the microphone. So uh, fast forward 18 years later, that's probably why we're here uh, podcasting is because the athletic director at my community college allowed me to be behind the microphone one time and announced starting lineups. I got the bug for radio. I told my dad uh, that I wanted to go into radio instead of teaching, and he's like, okay, whatever you say. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's not too terribly disappointed in me now. Well, yes, because your radio career has taken off wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you because when I transferred to SIU, that's when I found the student television station. I started producing my own shows and along with friends um, that I made at the station. And, and I, we were basically uh, running an entire station by ourselves um, just with advisorial oversight into how we spent the, spent the money. But if I could go back in time, I would uh, probably pay more attention in class than – uh, the TV station, but running that station was just probably the highlight of my life, as sad as that may sound. So, and, but it's also the thing that that further, you know, enforced my belief that uh, I wanted to work in the entertainment industry. And then I came to Hollywood and let that kill off that dream. 
<laughs> but, but it is funny that we made it to the like 28th minute or, or late in the 27th minute before the word class was uttered. <laughs> uh, or no, I guess I, I mentioned it offhandedly earlier, but you know, I had, I remember those eight o'clock. I remember I had first semester uh, of college. I had an 8 a.m. biology class and I remember it was test day and I fell asleep on test day, like with my elbow on the desk and my, you know, resting on my hand. And then I woke up with like five minutes left and I'm just filling in circles, man. I don't even care. Um, I took a summer course, but yeah, I could, could Greg with the knowledge and experience that I have now go back to college I, and as a freshman, you know, go back to 19 year old, 18 year old me and, and have success maybe, but I just, I, I don't think I'd have the energy to do college again. Chad, what what was your let's just talk about your Arizona year. Mm-hmm. What was your single greatest memory? Hmm. I what I, I don't think I necessarily I mean as an achievement of myself, there really wasn't one, so I'll go with the uh unachievement in that I, I had taken chemistry in high school as my senior year, um, and our chemistry teacher basically said, I'm going to give you enough so that when you walk into a college class, you don't embarrass yourself. My sweet mate, um, or the guy that lived next door because we didn't share a bathroom, so it's like just the next door guy, he had taken chemi- this, it, the chemi- chemistry class that I was taking with the same teacher and had all the old tests, gave them to me so I could study. I got a D in that class because I do not have a scientific brain <laughs> at all, and we are out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.